This is UMFM 115. This is the Studio 93 Broken Headphones Podcast. I'm David Marcus. Guys, we are here right now at Studio 393 with Malcolm J. Wilson. How's it going? What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you have been a hardworking, uh, talented individual on, the, on, on a grind. We're putting together an EP, I heard, and you have a... You have a birthday show coming up on... Uh, yeah, I'm turning uh, an age. I don't want to turn, but I want to turn it. <laughs> okay. Well, good to see you. Uh, on behalf of uh, Studio 393, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. Sweet. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Kenneth, for tonight's evening. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, first question for you, Malcolm. Um, do you remember the first time you like listened to rap and like connected with it? Ooh, man. Well, I've, it's kind of tough to pinpoint. Actually, yeah, I think my dad was listening to uh, Tag Team, and uh, this was probably like 1994 or something, 1992. But I was a kid when I first started listening to it. And um, How young do you remember? Like four, five. That's pretty young. I think. Damn. Yeah, I remember just being like, whoop, there it is when I was a kid, you know, when it first <laughs> came out. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I really grew up on, like, Golden Age Hip Hop because that's when it first came out when I was – learning how to listen to music so yeah was there any other music in the household that that i don't know uh my mom was really into like janet jackson and paul abdul and all the 80s like funky soul type stuff so yeah so where do you get most of the inspiration for your music is it from like that 90s boom bap or is it from 2000s era like uh like cameron and (laughs) you know my favorite song (laughs) for the longest time was um Hey Ma with a camera on Joel Santana. Yeah. Like, I can still, if there's any like rap karaoke, that's gonna be like my hands down song I'm going to. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, inspiration wise, it's, I think I take something from every generation of music I've listened to. Like, I don't mm. stick to one element that's like, I'm mm. 100% trying to replicate one era or something like that. It's just, it all forms. I listen to current music too, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think about the trap era of music? Like that Gucci Mane? You know what? I was at a, I went to a, this festival in Vegas like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And like, I got to see all the little everyones and uh, the Shippy Reds and all oh, those guys. Yeah. And you know what? I can get down with it, you know? Like, there's some really cool music. You know, it's, every music is, like, there's good music in every genre, so. Can you see a bit of parallels between trap genre and, like, that 90s? Uh, I would say just anything in hip-hop is everyone trying to tell the story, and uh, the 90s had a particular story. The current story, people try to tell it a different way, and I can't knock that, you know? If it's true to what they're doing or whatever, then, you know, do your thing, you know? Mm. Nice. So then, um, talking about stories and honoring your own, um, with this upcoming project that you're releasing on the 29th. Ninth, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Um, what is one, what are some bits of your story that has made it into this project? Oh, you know, every project I put out like is really personal. So uh, this project, I kind of wanted just to. I talked about. A, finding peace with the flaws I found within myself over the past year. And, uh, you know, my last project enemy was then I was trying to conflict, like, uh, talk about things that I was upset about and trying to discover about myself. And then this one's a little bit more about acceptance and be like, yeah, I do some messed up things because, you know, of what's happened to me, but I can't blame my past for these things. I got to own up for it. So that's a little bit what my project's about. It's a little bit more 
still just trying to grow as a person a bit more. So. Respects, yeah. respects. Um, just going into like your process for a little bit. So you talked a little bit about like the inspirations um, that come together when you're creating. But like, what is what is your process if you have one? Uh, sometimes I write songs when I'm really mad and it comes really quick. Sometimes <laughs> I do it when I have a certain feeling. So because I'm a producer as well, so sometimes something that I produce will put me in a certain mood, and that song comes together really quick. Uh, sometimes I'm just taking random notes on my phone of ideas or I, I encourage anyone that's a writer just to write anything at least once a day you know to uh, just get your thoughts down uh, so yeah and this I've been doing a lot of different things so lately just different experiences I've had have really helped inspire what I'm doing so yeah but my process is not straightforward I kind of just uh, sometimes I'm making beats you know on my bed, sometimes I actually go to my studio, sometimes I'm doing it on a, in a plane or anywhere, so sometimes I just hit my keys on my MacBook to make beats versus using my MPC, so it all depends on what I'm in the mood for. Or I'll just have like a cheap beatbox on my phone and start freestyling on top of it and revisit it later, you know, stuff like that, so. It's got a mobile setup that you can take anywhere, and I've been looking at your Instagram, it looks like that you You've been you've been traveling you've been traveling a lot. So how's that? How how's the feeling of traveling and making music before a release party? Is it stressful or even? Oh, honestly, so so we talked about like the I'm re I'm making a deluxe version of my project Restless. So I put that out like in the spring of this year. Then I started touring and doing a bunch of shows, and I never actually had a release party in Winnipeg. And then I was like, okay, I actually want to celebrate it plus i don't want to just release the same project again to celebrate so i wanted to add more songs to it so that's what putting up but yeah tour, like traveling is great like it um especially i was really scared to do it when i was younger like i maybe even up to two three years ago i was like oh i don't know if i can leave winnipeg but once you realize that music's a universal language and pe there's people just like you in other places so if you have people like your music in winnipeg and winnipeg's a hard place to do music you know sometimes so if you can get uh, it's a good place to uh, learn your your skills and take them elsewhere. So, yeah. Have you used those traveling experiences in your like in music that you've recently been doing? Like those experiences, have you taken uh, anything away from? Yeah, you know what? Because a lot of times I'll just uh, get inspired by the other bands that I see. Like when I went to the UK, I was like. I never really been into like UK grind, but when I got to meet some of those guys and see what they're doing, I'm like, man, there's some cool sounds that I could try messing with or challenges you to try different things or if you go to more festivals and you see different genres and you want to bring that into your own genre as well uh it really it is cool to travel and see how other people do things so so uh on all your travels all over the world um so you've been to japan you've been to amsterdam you've been to the uk yeah um which uh, of, of all those places which what was which um, which leg of that tour or which place uh, had had struck to you like kind of on a personal note when it comes to like the audience like the reception of uh, uh, towards your music like which um, which stop of that of uh, that touring life did was, I like was the, memorable. Oh, was memorable yeah honestly uh, I think when I played in Wales uh, earlier this year like I, we were just like in some tiny little village in Wales. Well, it's not a village, but you know, like they had a big festival out there, and I was like not expecting to see people out there that be into my style of music. But people were really 
feeling. And it was such, a, you know, like sometimes you go to festivals and you could be playing to an empty room, like because it the, the showcases back to back. And like like five minutes before the room was empty, I'm like wow, I traveled halfway across the world to play to an empty room. And then like five minutes into my set, the room was packed. And it was this real a cool feeling. I was like the rap gods shutting the light down on me. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So um, that was a really cool experience. And it was like in this really old. Like we're, I was staying in a haunted, like cabin in a tiny village built in 1500. And I didn't know it was haunted, but I guess that's why I got it for so cheap. Um, but until <laughs> I got there, <laughs> yeah. High ceilings and everything. Like, yeah, it was. It was honestly they had like crosses on like every single like house in the village. There was like, just picture like, the village or like, um, it was like Lord of the Rings esque. You know, like that's what it looked like in Wales. So. Um, that was a cool trip, but kind of weird, but fun. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta ask quickly: Did you, did you like see any anything? I did not. You anything? know what? But um, I I believe in you know the, the other side and you know the spiritual realm. So whenever I hear something's haunted, I'm just like, "Where's the nearest Holiday Inn?" I'm like, yeah, more, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Even like when I was looking for an apartment when I was younger, I'm just like, this place looks haunted. Like I don't think I could rent this place. Like, <laughs> friend, you can never be too careful, you know. Um, I feel like one of the things about Winnipeg is it's, it's a great place to build like roots and wings. Definitely. And so like, just going from like the travels and bringing it back here. Um, like, what are some of the ways of like coming up on like the Winnipeg scene has like prepared you for like your international travels? I. Uh, being budget uh, <laughs> uh but i think the great part about here is that there's a lot of support if you want to do more things because there's less competition for funding too if you want to get grant funding as well you know there's because if you're in toronto or vancouver like everyone's fighting for that same kind of thing so that's one good thing about the support and it's affordable to live here if you're living in toronto like you'd be paying a ton of money just to get by for rent if you're a musician kind of thing so that's a nice part about being here is that it allows you to invest more money into your craft and not go broke. That's why, uh, and you got more time in the winter inside to work on it too. Um, I know it's a cliche for Winnipeg, but, uh, um, but yeah, I think, and depending on the genre, there's you could do really well here to get. There's a really strong local art scene here, uh, but it's also there's a lot of challenging shows you can do out here too if you. Uh, I've done a lot of shows here. I've been doing this for 10 years. I played to two people, five people in a room in my career, just to homies, you know? So uh, it helps you build that. Uh, those are the shows that help you become a better performer because if you can perform great to a small group of people and bring the same energy to a big group of people, like it's um, it's a, actually a blessing and a curse, so. True, true. I'm like, okay, so like coming up as like a hip hop artist in Manitoba. Man, I love like. <laughs> Can you speak on that? Please? Um, it's been a journey, honestly. Um, I think it's always going to be a thing here, where it's still pop becoming popular, but still like an anomaly to say like I'm doing this kind of thing. So, but it's grown a lot. Like when I was first doing this, like like 2009, 2010, like you couldn't even there were no venues that would have like hip hop shows as the main thing. You'd have to do like a really small bars. You would never have them featured at festivals like they do now. And stuff like that, I wouldn't get, would never get booked to do like a festival, unless it was multi-genre, that was rock focused. So, it's definitely come a long way. Uh, so, just keep making moves, and changes will happen if, as long as you're positive. So, 
Uh, but it's uh, it's been a it's been a journey in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you all probably still have the same experience here. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to UMFM 101.5. We're here with Malcolm J on the Broken he- Broken Headphones podcast with Studio 393. Uh, Malcolm, speaking on like Winnipeg and being like a like a musician in Winnipeg. Whenever, whenever, like I hear musicians talk, they bring out like a lot of influences, like in like the United States and like every other place. But for you personally, do you like? Do you find any? Do you have any influences like that are local? Any local? Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I was just listening to Anthony from the Re- the Lytics record on the drive here. I don't know if you have heard it yet, but it's nuts. But I've been listening. I uh, I remember being at university, my first year of university, and the Lytics were starting to do their thing. And I was like, man, I just want to be half of what they can do you know like that was that was my goal or like i love just to open for them and stuff like that so i mean i always looked up to those guys um and uh yeah locally there's so many great artists here i get inspired by everyone starting up even like the music you guys are making or even nathaniel like when i first heard him like he inspires me like i learned stuff from every person that i work with even uh so it doesn't matter how big they are or small they are what they're doing so yeah and also bridge to that um, that that statement. Um, lately, have you been actually working with a lot of young uh, emerging artists locally? Uh, um, how was how do, how, how is it uh, an inspiration to you? Do, do do you get like a lot of inspiration and strengths and kind of like a, a different perspective as an artist working with uh, young hip hop artists here locally? Yeah. So some of the work I do is uh, once a week I work at a drop-in center in the north end called the Dinaway. Uh, it's and then, uh, so I've been doing that for more than almost a year and a bit now. So, and yeah, those are just kids that are just want a place to like somebody here. They just want a place to record. Someone to hear the music. I produce songs like Osani does for all of them, like day in and day out. So, uh, it's just inspiring to hear their perspective. And uh, I even went to the Mantle Youth Center for two sessions, similar to that, like a month ago, and uh, just to hear their stories and how they're portrayed and how they can still. Like how talented they are, even though they're in certain positions, has been very inspiring to me. And not to take anything for granted for what is going on in my life, and it's very humbling. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of hope for this city, and I feel like that's when I focus my energy because no one's really focusing on those people sometimes, you know. Like, um, so it's inspired me to adjust what I want my path to be like if I was to say what it's not it doesn't really inspire me to be like oh I want to like take the story and write about it or something like that I'm just inspired to be like hey I actually want to do more of this because I really enjoy when someone can we could be in a back room of community center with like a $60 microphone and we can actually make a song that sounds like it's really really hot so you know like that that makes me happy so just things like that all right shout out to Nadinaway shout out to community building I respect, respect. Um, when we're, when you're making making music or like artistically or creatively speaking, um, art is such like a personal experience and um, takes a lot of vulnerability to create. Um, so I have like two questions for you. Like, um, how do you feel like? What do you feel like the impact of you being in those community spaces has had on those youth? And um, how do you feel like they can continue to use what was gained in those rooms? Yeah, I think like the one thing that I try to teach if I'm teaching writing or hip hop is just it's a lot easier to write things that are true to your heart and genuine. 
a lot of times the youth will ask me like oh, i don't know what to write about today i have nothing to talk about i'm like tell me what you the first thing you did this morning or tell me how you felt about something you went through this week and i really feel like that's uh from creating tr like your purest art that you feel and to be therapeutic and to actually want to write every day and fill out no a lot of kids fill out notebooks with writing and whether or not they make it into music or not it's still therapeutic for them to do things like that so um i truly believe like any form of art is very healing so if anything of the takeaway that they get out of it i just hope they find something that's a healthy outlet for what they're feeling versus internalizing and doing something negative with it so that's kind of weird okay and then i was having a conversation with someone earlier about like toxic masculinity and how um within our society men are encouraged or like taught or socialized to put their feelings into a box so like how is it within within your art form do you like challenge those things or um create space or like the freedom to express yourself the way that you do um despite the the norm of like extremely toxic masculinity especially within the realm of hip-hop yeah you know i've um i've suffered with that like idea of not wanting help from anyone or i'm just saying i'm all right you know so i definitely struggled with that idea and i found yeah, I'm not here trying to say that I'm trying to break that mold. It's just naturally for me, I, f I feel a lot better when I'm speaking from my heart. And if other men can take from that, uh, I hope that's something I could do, to be honest. But it's, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's a serious problem in hip-hop. It still is. It's come a long way, but it's still the prevalent nature of music, at least in hip-hop. That's, that's the dark side of rap that I... I don't like because you can hear everyone rap all these all these everyone that's woke everyone that has these ideas will be like oh, i hate how like rappers like this but when their favorite song comes on that doesn't matter you know like and that's how they get away with it and i just and i'm and i'm i'm victim of doing that too you know so it's um it's tricky to navigate that sometimes to be like hey i'm all about this but i don't want to be a hypocrite and say i don't listen to these songs even though they're catchy you know so yeah it's uh yeah Hey, uh, Jay Red here, Jordan, Studio 393. Uh, would you encourage more of being open as a man in the in the scene? I, I'm pretty sure we've touched on this topic a while back, way back, a few, few shows ago with somebody else. But I just wanted to ask and say, like, would you encourage as 100 man, like, being yeah. more open, like, just in general? 100%, honestly, and it will uh, it'll make you more relatable and authentic. Uh, if you're doing what's true to yourself and uh it'll probably be a lot easier to make your craft if you're not fronting on who you are when you're writing something it's a lot harder to come up with lies <laughs> when you're writing you run out of them pretty quick so and it gets tiring so yeah did you did you get any like flack for not for not like like any i don't know like people trying to call you out or something for you not being like like of someone who like raps about you know I don't know, like violence or something. Oh, I don't know. flack. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten flack for that. I've actually, I've, knocking wood, I've, I've ducked having a ton of haters, I guess, or anything like that, that I know of. <laughs> I'm okay with people hating me in silence. That's cool, too. But um, I've, uh, yeah, I haven't really caught too much flack, you know. Um, 
you know, I've had the argue, I've heard arguments people like, oh, if you made music like this, you'd be more popular, or you know, oh. yeah, yeah, everyone hears that, right? Yeah. So, um, but no, I haven't got any flack or hate or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like I, w- I also wanted to touch on your album because I know that you were talking about like how community is important and how you like that aspect. Um, was was making was the making of this album like was there like a lot of hands involved and and like how was that experience? Uh, Honestly, I'm a, I'm I have a control problem sometimes. I would say with my music. So sometimes, uh, this project I produced everything, wrote everything. But from mixing and mastering, I I let it go because um, I don't know if you ever mixed your own music before, but it begins to sound the same after like the hundredth listen. Listen, you know, because <laughs> you like you wrote it, then you produced it. That took like a hundred listens, and then after mix, that's another hundred, and then mastering's another hundred. You know, so. After a while, that kick sounds exactly the same, um, or or does you can't tell. So that part of let go, um, but yeah, I took my time with it. Uh, but I like to collaborate with other artists. Like if I'm doing another, like other songs, and I'll collaborate on other songs. But this project, I only have one feature with Nathaniel actually. So, and that just happened because he was at my house. Because at my house, he was at my house like once a week for like six months for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they're in the same place as you, and yeah, yeah. And and a, and a consistent theme also that we have noticed in in all of your songs is the authenticity of, especially from a, uh, not, I would say, an emotional from a standpoint, especially from a man's standpoint, especially relationships. Uh, one of the songs that actually that struck me the most is is the song Bittersweet. Can you tell us more about that song? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, every time I play a song for people, like they're like, that's my favorite song by you. I'm like, cool. I mean, <laughs> but no, I, I get it though, because I'm honest, like when I was talking about being honest about uh, the mistakes I've made in my, my current relationship, uh, being honest about the mistakes I made in it and trying to grow from them. And then uh, I, that's really what I was trying to get through in that project. And reflecting on why I have those patterns. A lot of times you can be unconscious to the things you're doing. You might think you're doing something because you're selfish or you just want to do it, but you don't realize there's other things that you're afraid of or um, deep down you're insecure about that are forcing you to do these things. So, Or uh, sometimes my work ethic becomes a little bit too much and I'm sometimes I'm running from commitment by doing other things, you know? So it's just self-reflecting on uh, why I think I'm doing something versus why I'm actually doing it, you know, so that's what that, and it's a constant, it's not like I have it all figured out, that's just me venting about, <laughs> you know, um, what that was, what I was going through about a year ago, so, hmm. yeah. So, you're in the studio, you made a bunch of music, you've, uh, you've mixed and mastered, it's been a really long day, let's, let's say you've been in the studio for like a couple, couple hours now or something, and it's like, it's like twelve or like one thirty. For for me, I end off I ended off by like at least grabbing like an ice cream from Seven <laughs> Eleven, or I grab like a couple taquitos because I'm like, yo, like I haven't eaten in a while. I need some substance. What's your uh, What's your three a.m. food? What's your like like two a.m. like how do you? Oh, uh, I guess it's only like A and W's open, but like what's that late a. night food? <laughs> how do you end it all off? How do I end it all off? Wow, you know Seven Eleven is a good one. Um, yeah. I remember going, 
there's a 7-Eleven at my place that does sell fried chicken too, so that's dangerous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I always regret it though, because you're just like, you know, that's been chilling on that heater probably since yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the day before, but but it's open. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm pretty bad because sometimes I'll be up till like even four o'clock, yeah. and I just then I just I just wake up in front of my computer, you know, like I don't even get a chance to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, no fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find myself just drinking a lot of, just like drinks, like pop chips and stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff that's not good for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I just, I'll just actually, honestly, when I'm in the mood, like I'm in the zone, I s- just forget to eat, and then I end up just sleeping, you know, and I wake up super hungry. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM. This is Broken Headphones. My name's the Obi. Hey. Of <laughs> uh, moving moving from like the making and the musical part of this album, I kind of wanted to ask about the organizing of of like a show and what it goes into. Uh can you can you like touch base on different things that like for example, if I was about to release a project or something at the Goodwill, what kind of things would I need to think about for a day a day that big or that? Uh, I was gonna be sarcastic, just be like book a day and show up. But, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that's definitely important. no, no. But uh, I mean, you um, wow. Okay, yeah. Was, I mean, I booked the venue probably like four or five months ago. So you gotta think into the future of like, hey, so I'm, that that early, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, like honestly, my hap- like I was asking uh, Dave like who uh, what dates are available in, like the winter time or fall. And my birthday was open. I'm like, huh, yeah, let's do it. You know, so why not? Um, but yeah, so the forethought, don't just release a project and be like, okay, I'm having a party tomorrow. You know, like I actually put a few months of planning into it. Um, you know, invest in actual promotion. Like, you know, you can do social media posts, invest a lot into your Instagram ads. I put a lot of time and effort into ads and knowing who your fan base is is really important too. So um, mm. I'm, I keep like a mental, well, actually I have a list, like a people that I always know that I've interacted with my content that I'm always keeping in contact with. And then, um, so knowing like who to hit up to help you out to spread the word is really important too. The people are true champions of your music to spread the word. Um, making sure you got a really great poster, you know, like that's uh, consistent because someone, uh, people will put value on, you know, the content that you have. Though Even though you may We've all seen it before, like there's some terrible musicians that have on point marketing and you're like, Whoa, these yeah. guys are hot, man. They got the they got the hair done right and they got <laughs> their braids are really good and the studio they're in is hot, but like there's like where's the music though? Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. um so if you can have great music plus that content that matches it, that's really important too. So you can't just have one or the other. Some if you wanna do it as like a music business yeah kind of thing if you just want to do it for the sake of doing music then i won't tell you to like you know put a lot of money into marketing but that's the other half of being in the music business side of things so um trying to do uh partnerships if you want like doing podcasts or reaching out to stations to spread the word kind of thing um and then uh, making sure you book opening acts that are in line with like the kind of music that you want to do not just for the sake of like all oh, these guys are hot right now let's just book them so they bring people in like book people that you will feel like will have like add to the show kind of thing you know you can't uh 
don't rely on someone else to sell your own show for you. Like you're the one that's going to have to push it. And whoever you book, like I'm a, a advocate of like, you know, lazy promotion is like, yo, I want to book 10 rappers to open for my show and uh, get them to sell 10 tickets each to be on my show. Like that's, that's, uh, <laughs> not, I'm not trying to hate here, but you know, like that's not the, there's a, <laughs> yeah, but people aren't going to be like, oh man, that was such a great performance. I had like two hours of opening acts. Like it was crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, like, that's a marathon. I mean, like I've been to a lot of shows like that. So, um, I'm not hating. I'm just saying, you know, so You're just giving your opinion. It's not fun. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun for the openers either, but I know everyone, but people take advantage of people trying to get the name out there, you know? So, um, there's no such thing as, you know, a bad, op well, there are bad opportunities, but as long as you get your name out there, it's good. But if you're doing your own show, like just book people that you feel like are in line with you too. And then, uh, be consistent, like, um, being people's eyes, you know, at least once a week, you know, so they, cause you could tell someone, Hey, I got a show. Like I could tell them five months ago, but if it's like this Friday, they're not going to remember. I told them that five months ago. You know, so right. even so, when you run your ads, like, to make sure you're not just running them like once, like you have it consistently going up until the day of the show. So people that might have saw it like a month ago will be like, oh yeah, RSVP to that on Facebook. Yeah, okay, I'll, I got nothing going on. So like, just uh, following. That's a good way to passively follow up with people. I'm also a person that I know a lot of musicians, and I hate getting spammed every day of like, yo, I got a show in one week. I got a show in two days. I got a show in one, and then they're always like posting the same message it also gets tiring sometimes or if you're dm dming people non-stop so make sure you're not like it's a bounce between spreading what you want to making sure people see it but not being like too in their face that they're tired of it you know and and it seems like not yeah. genuine kind of thing too would you say yeah you know what when you know like because they're sending you the same message yeah, yeah definitely yeah you know um i know it's tough like as an artist you want people to show up to your show you want to be uh, bumping and all that stuff, but um, just make sure they're there for the right reasons, not because you strong arm them to come to your show, kind of thing. So, ah, <laughs> uh, hey man, my name's Cody. Um, yeah, you said, yes, you said Anthony and stuff. Uh, I remember him from Uncle Bob's and the stay humble stuff, all that good high school times. Um, what do you think with repeat coming up like do you know them very well i know them really or? well yeah i've yeah. even uh we, yeah we did a show even in the netherlands we went one went up there oh, last really? year kind of thing and i've i was at 333 gary when they were first coming up at a studio in there too i've been in, mm -hmm. i actually was like in 333 gary like in 2012 like that's how old i am <laughs> well not that old but <laughs> no i mean there's um oh yeah wait yeah okay <laughs> but um um, but yeah, no, I've seen actually Steve, uh, when he was before three Pete, he was in this group called room 220. Uh, okay. and, uh I actually, I remember seeing some of his first shows kind of thing to see where he's grown from then. And from Anthony, the manager being from a guy on the radio to being a full fledged artist manager, a record label manager. It's been a really cool vision for our city. And then now they're branching out to solo careers. And Definitely. Stuff, and that's the right yeah. way to do it. So, yeah. No, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Now, once again, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to UMFM 101.5. We sat here with Malcolm J. Uh, Malcolm, uh, last question for you. 
Um, where can people find your music? Uh, can you let us know again the date of your album release, where it's gonna be, all that uh, jazz? Yeah, you can just go. The easiest is just MalcolmJ.com. I got links to uh, wherever you listen to music on there, kind of thing. So that's the best place to find it, or just Google Malcolm J. And then yeah, November 29th, I'm having my release party. Uh, it's at the Goodwill. Doors at nine. 10 p.m. the show starts. We got Nathaniel. We got Osani, the OB, and the Odd Pedestrians playing. So Studio 393 special going on. Uh, we got DJ Zuki playing as well as uh, my friend Marybeth, uh, DJ Killison as well. So Cool. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to check out the show November 29th. Doors at 9 at the Goodwill. Lots of good local talent. And your bro Malcolm J will be, I'll, making, I'll be, I'll be a, there. making a pop. <laughs> <laughs>